It's your boy Monty G from the Fan Mission Podcast. Please subscribe, hit that notification bell so you can get all access to motivated and inspiring videos on this Fan Mission Friday. Every Friday, let's get to the podcast. Yo, what's up? This your boy Monty G on the Fan Mission Podcast. And today we got another special guest. It's going down. So go ahead and show some support. Go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit that share because you don't want to miss it. And if you do, man, roll it back and check it out. Let me go ahead and bring in a party and let her introduce herself. Go ahead and tell the people your name and tell them where you're from and what you do. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? I'm Lexi Monet. I'm from Chicago and I am a poet. I'm an author. I'm an educator. Yeah, that's who I am. Thank you for having me today, Monty. Man, man, much love. If it wasn't for y'all, it wouldn't be no me. So we're going to get straight to it. Um, so you're a poet. What mm-hmm. what inspired you to do what you do? Um, so <laughs> I've been writing since I was nine years old. Um, like initially it was kind of like, you know, my teacher taught like a course on poetry and then, you know, we had to give an assignment and it's like, ever since like that moment, I started writing more and more. And then like, also like my dad used to rap. So it's kind of like, like me doing poetry as well. And we used to also watch, um, brave new voices on HBO back in the day. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like what got me into poetry. It was a mixture of just learning about the craft and it becoming an outlet for me and also just like the influences of my father. Man, that's what's up. And I have to say, right, because your father used to do music with me, right? Mm-hmm. I miss him, man. And um he was telling me that you was doing poetry, but he was surprised though. Really? He was surprised. He was surprised. And he was so proud of you. He was at my house. He's like, bro, come man. She get man, you gotta get on a track. You gotta get on a track. She be going in. She be going. And I'm like, straight up. He like, man, he like, I didn't even know she get out like that, bro. He said, I think she wrote one about me, bro. And bro, I want to break down and cry. He did. Now he wanted to. He did. I um it's actually in a book. So you know, I published my first poetry book, Crescent Core. It's on Barnes and Nobles. So the second to last poem in the book is the exact poem that I read to him on that Father's Day, and he cried. Man, that's the book right there, man. Y'all go ahead and support him, man. Man, tell me a little bit more about the book. Um, So the name of the book is called Crescent Core. So the meaning of the title is basically like what like the makeup of who I am. So it's about like getting to the core of exactly who I am. So I would kind of call it like a a coming of age kind of thing. It's talking about, you know, me being a teen parent, um, like my relationship with God is talking about just my development, like as a writer, as a person, I feel as though it's a takeaway for everybody within this poem because it's so relatable and I was being so raw and transparent and I basically just put all of me onto a page, onto the pages. Mm. That's what's up. So if you don't mind me asking, how old was you when you got pregnant or when you had your kid? Uh, I had Jordan when I was 16. 
Oh, okay. Because I remember, like, you know, you know me and your cousin were super. Me, me and your dad were super close. That was my cousin, right? So mm-hmm. he was like, man, man, my daughter pregnant, bro. <laughs> he was mad. He was mad. He was mad. He was, he was mad. And I'm like, bro, I mean, you, you, I'm, and I'm talking off the ledge. I'm like, bro, you can't stop what God got to do, man. You know, you can't stop it, bro. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? It happens. It happens, bro. He was like, man, and I think my wife knew about it. They didn't tell me. Hey, but you know what, though? <laughs> man, when your son came in this world. That was I his everything. Man. His everything. Friend, I was with him every day, bro. And that was the, man, that was the best thing you could have did. Bro. I mean, mm-hmm. man, cause, oh, that, that was that was the good. So yeah. every, he was mad at first. He heart. was, and I I knew my daddy was mad because he didn't even yell at me. He just he just <laughs> we just up in the house. He ain't talked to me like three, four, five days. He ain't talk. We just in the house. He ain't say nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was all good though. It was all good because yeah. every day I talked to him, and he was right there with him. Yes, mm-hmm. they was together every he day. So was so, yeah. all the time. Yeah. So um. Man, who taught you how to drive? I taught myself how to drive. Oh, I taught myself how to drive like officially, but I had like, so my mom, she had real bad anxiety. So she wouldn't get in the car with me. You know, me and my dad, like we got up in the car like a couple of times. What my daddy told you about that story about the police. Yeah, he He ran into the, almost ran into the back of the police. Yes, yeah, so go ahead, was, tell me. Go ahead. Okay, so we was out west, and um, my dad was trying to teach me how to drive. This was right after I got my permit, so he took me, you know, like to the back of the lots. So we driving, and then I think I was trying to hit the brakes, but I hit the acceleration and almost ran into the police car. And my daddy was so cold that he ain't even—I don't even remember them asking for my permit. Like, he was just like, I'm trying to teach my daughter how to drive. Da, da, da. Like, they didn't even ask for my permit. They just was just like, you know, just be careful. They cracked a couple of jokes on me, and then, you know, we left. Hey, you know, and that's real, you know what I'm saying? Um, because we have to understand when people be trying to drive because, man, y'all the future. You can be riding trucks, delivering food, animal driving. Taxi, whatever you are, Uber driver nowadays, you know what I'm saying? You could be anything. So, you know, I be trying to teach my kids how to, you know what I'm saying, how to get on the highway driving them. And I, I got the little sticker saying student drivers. Student driver. And, mm-hmm. and, the, and they respect us. You know what I'm saying? My daddy so didn't let me drive his car after that, though. He ain't let me drive his car. <laughs> it was just like one and done. Apparently, my brothers were so much better that he never had that experience with them. So he was just over me. He was over me. Oh, oh man, that is funny. So, you know, we talk about your dad, man. So for the people, for the watchers that listen to us, you know, her dad was a, a super duper legend, a hood legend. So, you know, and for the people that's watching, I'm going to have to put them up there so we know what we're talking about. We're talking about Big Moot. Know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, I miss them. Man, I miss them, man. You know what I'm saying? That's who we talking about. So y'all can be up to date what's going on. Exactly. Yes, 
So yeah, he'd be super proud of you, man. And um, do you have anything in the future that you want to put out in store for us? Um, so as far as in the future, so I write poetry and you know, I created the book. And the book was actually a challenge for me because I came from a performance background. So within my performance background, it was mainly like doing, um, you know, like slam poetry, being on stages. And sometimes like I, I would create something that I call flowetry. You know, it'll be poetry, mm. instrumentals. Um, I actually have a few of those on my Instagram. So I'm actually composing a project right now that is going to be, you know, some poetry to instrumentals. Um, and I really feel like a lot of poets used to do it back in the day. Nobody really does it as much because as soon as a lot of artists transition into that, they usually just go straight into rap, you know? Yep. So I feel yep. as though it'll be a very interesting and new sound. And I'm mm. really excited about it. Man, that's what's up. Because, you know, Tupac, he used to do poetry and then he, he turned into rap and yeah. changed that's the world. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, man, I wish I had a little instrumental, man. You spit something real quick. Let me see. We ain't freestyling on this podcast. Uh, you ain't got nothing. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I ain't got no instrumental, man, but I, you know, I wish I did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he said, I ain't freestyling on this podcast. Mm-mm. Hey, um, hey, do you remember any of your dad music? I remember almost all my dad music. I specifically remember when he came back from the studio from doing that Bush is Gone song. He woke me up. I want to say it was probably like one, two o'clock in the morning because I will always have speaker. Lexi, what a speaker, what a speaker. Came up in there, turned on the speaker. I said, I'm, I got school in the morning, okay? I'm trying to go to sleep. What? Which one show? <laughs> So then Man. he turned it on, and I know it was this guy who he had uh, singing on there because I would always hear my dad trying to sing it. So I thought when he went to the studio, he was gonna try to sing it himself. But he had this guy on there, and then it was really nice. It was, it's been long, Bush is gone. Tap my phone, scarred my home, took my cash, raised my gas. Bush is gone. Hey, mm, yeah, I remember that one for sure. Man, I, for real. Gotta hit that button on that one, yo. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man, you took me back. I was like, I can just see him right now in the car. Hey. What? <laughs> man, that's what's up. That's what's up. Man, let me see what. We got still got a couple minutes. You know what I'm saying? We going to a straight to it. Hey, you have to know that your dad was a, a living legend, man. Like, this is the reason we doing a podcast. You know, he was always talking about the fan mission, the fan mission, maybe with the family, we all we got, maybe we fan. And I turned to the fan mission podcast, man, you know. Um, and I used to put him in the studio, and I always told him that. He's supposed to have been a rapper, man. He's supposed to have been doing music, man. And uh, he's like, no, nah, bro, no. Nah. But then he kept making music, though. Mm-hmm. Every time he come visit with me, he was making music. So 
Dorset. Um, so any shows that you did, like anywhere, if somebody wanted to see, is you still doing shows? Um, so as you know, Monty, I just had another baby. He's about nine weeks old. So for a while, like I kind of been on a hiatus. I've been on a hiatus. Um, so I actually do have an upcoming show at the end of May, but the poster um has not been available yet it hasn't been made available so if you do follow my instagram page it will be posted soon and it'll be in okay. chicago okay okay and congratulations i'm so sorry man i meant to tell you that in the beginning it's because okay. you you've been because you supposed to have been on the podcast but you said you had so much going on and i yeah, understand I did. My, yeah my schedule was crazy yeah, so I appreciate you coming on, man. And um, can you tell the people where they can find you at? Uh, yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Lexi Monet underscore bar. That's where I post any upcoming projects that I have, any performances that I have, any new book releases. That's where you can find everything about me. Um, if you are into TikTok then my TikTok is just at Lexi Monet on TikTok, and you can follow me there as well. That's what's up, what's up, man. Go ahead and give her a follow. You know what I'm saying? And go ahead and cop that book. Check yeah. it out. And leave her a review. That's Please, right. definitely give her a review. I appreciate all reviews, all honest feedback. That's what's up. That's what's up. I'm going to ask you one more question, man, because I want to <laughs> know. A lot of people, it's about your dad. A lot of people know your dad. Mm-hmm. I know. But what is that? But what is that one thing people don't know about your dad? Mm. Mm. Okay. One thing that y'all don't know about my dad is anytime I wanted to go anywhere, I used to always tell my friends that you have to tell me ahead of time, like three, four, five hours ahead of time. Because once I tell my dad that I want to go somewhere and I want to go outside, he's going to sit me down for hours and we're just going to talk. We're not going to talk about where I'm going. We're not going to talk about who going to be there. And we would just like talk. It's, it's kind of like he just wanted, you know, just to gauge like where my mind was at. But me becoming older and him not being here and kind of seeing like what my life experiences is and like other people as well. My dad has seen so many people leave out the door and never come back again. So a lot of times he will want to just show you how he care or just, you know, just pick your brain before you go anywhere else. And like my dad was a disciplinarian like when it came to me and my siblings like and i'm not talking about like oh like you're getting a whooping like my dad would make us plank he'll make us plank mm. he'll make us do wall sits and then even in the midst of that like he would always try to make it a lesson me and my brothers had to watch every single chapter of roots that ever came out and it's like initially while I used to be so upset because my dad was such a disciplinarian, like a lot of times they'd be like, oh, you won't understand until you're older. And as I got older, I understood, you know, the different lessons that he was trying to teach me, the different things that he was trying to show me. He wasn't just being mean or just being a mean dad. It was 
you need to know these things in order to survive in the life that we're given. So. Yes, 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 yes. And man, that's so deep because he, that's, I'm the same way. <laughs> but right now to this day, mm-hmm. right now to this day, I turn my phone off at 10 o'clock because of him. Man, he used to call me at three in the morning, turned up. Turned up. (laughs) Man, super turned up. But he know how I am with my kids and he's the same way with y'all, you know what I'm saying? And um, he was a good father, man. We we try to do the best we can do. And we know how that, we know how I feel. We seen a lot of people, like you said, they leave and they don't come back. I tell my kids all the time, man, you better just be happy. Just be happy and appreciate everything because one day, I mean, we don't know how much time we got. Yeah. So it's my real. Dad, so, and, mm-hmm. yeah. But my dad used to always it, be like, what you go do when I'm gone? And then I'd be like, you're not going nowhere, Fatty. <laughs> and then it's like, we always have that mindset. Like we think, you know, that we can have people forever. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't because, um, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but I got to say this, a lot of people be putting smut on his name, but to me, that's, this, this is like, man, far as I can remember, this dude is super funny, (laughs) super funny. I got a clip. I got an old clip, man. Check him out, man. This, this is, this is crazy. Doing a hundred speed. Uh, how you doing? We getting a rap money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is man. This is this is a small clip, man. And that was like the funniest thing to us, man. <laughs> He's messing with that little dude, man. Hey. <laughs> Hey, that is a funny dude. Man. I ain't even lying. We was down in Roseland, and we just shooting with the camera, and we ran into. He like, come on, we just shooting. Man, he messed with the little A rap dude. Man, that was super funny. Man, I miss that dude. So, <laughs> man, that is super funny. All right, let me get some to some of these questions, man. You ready for some of these questions? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. What's the first thing you do or think about when you wake up in the morning? The first thing I do is I pray when I wake up in the morning. Um, I pray when I wake up in the morning. Initially, I used to feel like I could really only go to God when there were things that I needed. Um, But I've become way better at waking up in the morning and giving God praise and saying thank you. Mm. Hit that praise button. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, um, if you can talk to your 15-year-old self at the age you're at right now, what would you tell him? I stay away from Jordan Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you can change that one thing in the world, what would it be? Um, if I could change one thing in the world, I would change the discrimination against black and brown people. Mm. I would completely yeah. eradicate it. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. I see where you're going with this. If you can absolutely do anything, what would you do? What would you want to do? If I could do anything. Yeah. Like, if I could do anything, which I can, <laughs> what I would do is, is I would create a center for other kids who are writers like me to be able to teach them to use poetry and writing and music or anything of the arts as a way of life, as a tool to discover the world, to be able to heal from it so that they can be introspective adults so that they can grow <coughs> adults and be able to just navigate way in a navigate life in a healthier way that's what i would mm. do okay so when is it a good time to stop learning never you will always learn even when you don't want to amen so in the last 90 days how many books or audio books you checked out uh maybe one i've been reading this book called unholy ghosts <laughs> oh unholy unholy ghosts unholy ghosts it's like a it's a book about like an anxiety and depression different people's experiences with it and like how they overcome it and things like that that's kind of what i've been reading okay 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 that's what's up, man. I'm going to check that book out. Hey, speaking of books, and you were talking about, you wrote about your dad in the book. Man, I wrote a book, and I wrote about your dad in the book. Really? Yeah. Yep. So I got a book out called Self-Discipline. That looked like that's the gardens in the city. and the, Okay. And I got to check that know. out. Where is it? Yeah. yeah. Where's the book? It's on uh, It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's everywhere, almost. It's everywhere. Know? Yeah, we got the um the G, and then in the back of it, we got Minnesota. Downtown. Oh, that's supposed to be oh, that's Hennepin County. And then, yeah, and then then they got me got town on my back. Okay. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can check that out. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing my I'm gonna thing. I'm check it so. out for sure, for sure. Mm hmm I'm about to buy it right uh, now. Actually. Okay, okay. Are oh, you do a look on Amazon? Money G staff books, and you're gonna see you're gonna see your boy been getting it in. Yeah. Find your YouTube and Facebook. Oh, it's on YouTube, Facebook. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So hey, check this out. If you were stuck on a desert island and you get to pick three albums, what would your three albums be? Oh <laughs> my three albums. Okay, so I know it's some old school people on here, so don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> to Pimp a Butterfly. Pimp 
Pimp a Butterfly. Kendrick Lamar. To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar. You don't know that album? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh, Kendrick okay. Lamar, you yeah. No, um, you said Pimp a Butterfly. I'm like, damn, I heard that before. But And then you said yeah, Kendrick Lamar. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar. Um, What is that? Um, That album. I'm trying to see. This is a hard question. Mm. Okay, I guess I do graduation. So Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar, I do graduation. And then I'll do, y'all more than likely don't know her. Um, so I'll do Jesse Reyes before love came to kill us. Yeah. Okay. 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 Next question. If you can remake a movie and you can, I said you can remake a movie and you got to pick a, a character that you want to remake the movie in and why would you play the character? The way. So if you <laughs> so can, so if you can remake a movie, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be any character. What movie would that be, and why is the character you would play? Um, I don't know. Oh, if I could remake a movie, I don't know. I don't know, Money. I'm not thinking fast enough for this. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. We, we, I mean, you ain't got to think fast. You can think about it. You know what I'm saying? All right. What's one of your favorite movies? Um, My favorite movie is that um, that magic movie. What's that movie? My mind is drawing the blank with the title. What is the name of that movie? I don't know, cousin. My man drawing the blank right now. Uh, okay, 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 okay. All right. So I'm gonna give you another question then. Uh, since you're in your mind going blank, all right, we're gonna <laughs> get with this one though. This is a good one right here. If you had a 30 minute interview, you get to ask one question, and the interview is with God. What would you ask him? What's the whole point? That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So, huh? Yeah, ain't nobody never said that one. Okay. <laughs> so now you had the same interview, got the same 30 minutes, but you got to answer the question. And God asked you the question, how did you like it in heaven? How did how do I like it in heaven? I feel like heaven would be the ultimate goal. Um, so I guess I would say. Um, I guess I would say I would love the peace. I love the peace of it all the consistent piece okay so you know he you know 
God made this whole world. Somebody told us that what heaven and hell is. But if God was saying, this is our heaven, no, how do you like it? You know, I think heaven and hell is all in the mind. You believe so? Um, I think, I, I believe that if we we focus our, our mind on all the bad things, like it's really, really bad, but it's not. Mm-mm. Not for real, not for real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's hard pill to swallow, but it's really not for real. Because if nothing, if nothing bad happened, we would have never did what we did to gravitate even better than what we like. We are always in a better position just because something might have happened real bad. It could have been a lost loved one. Mm-hmm. But if we wouldn't have, if we wouldn't have lost them. We wouldn't have did what we did right now. We wouldn't be right here. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. I do feel as though that everything works together for the greater good. Certain things that you see happen that you think are negative in your life, God has a way of turning it around. Um, I do feel as though that heaven cannot be on earth because it's something that we can't even imagine. And that's the reason why why I believe that that's the reason why I believe that. I feel as though that is something that is completely outside of our imaginations. Okay. And check this out. A new kid. You got a newborn. They can't, he can't imagine what's outside. That's true. I see where you're going with that. The same thing. Like we can't imagine what's out of town. Okay. We can't even imagine what's gonna have on this. What's gonna happen on this podcast? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can't mm-hmm. imagine it. So yeah. So yeah. You you totally right. So so um, since we're on this spiritual thing, is it anything God did in your life? Well, matter of fact, is it a testimony you would like to share? testimony that I would like to share. So in 2021, I lost my great, not my great, I lost my grandmother. And when she passed away, it was a different type of pain than when I lost my dad because she passed away from natural causes. There's a very huge difference between the grief of natural causes and then the grief of murder. Um, So when I seen her for the first time, like I felt a lot of peace come over her. So it was easier for me to deal with on the surface. But most of my family who I'm close to don't really live in Chicago. So when I came from Minnesota from her funeral, I came back to Chicago and I was completely on my own. My, it was just me and it was my son. You know, my mother lives out of state. All my immediate family, for the most part, live out of state. So I really didn't have anybody. And I found myself within my grief. I started connecting with people who kind of met me no good. I started developing habits where I would go out 
on on a regular every weekend. Like I would be getting drunk. I would be going out with my friends. I I completely turned a leaf and I kind of turned into a completely different person. And I started paying for those things. Um, When it kind of came to a head is where at the end of 2021, I was sexually assaulted by a friend. Um, I had lost my job and I crashed my car. And in that moment, I kind of lost everything. Then the people who were my friends at that time, I slowly started to see them exit out of my life. And in that moment, I'm just like, okay, what's going on? Like, God, what is going on? I'm, I'm losing everything. But what did I have? I created so much dysfunction within my friend groups, within the way that I was living my life within my household, that God had to take everything away from me and sit me down. I sat down and I was able to reflect. I was able to stay in the house, not drinking, sober up, get in my right mind. And I had no choice but to go to God in that moment because I was at rock bottom. Everything, everything was gone for me. When I started turning to God, I started going to church regularly, right? So let me tell you how entitled we are as people. It had probably been about like two to three months I was going to church on a regular basis. I felt like that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I had been praying, you know, I had been tired and everything. So then I, I came upon a problem and I came to church and I was like, God, I've been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why am I going through this, right? And as I was in church right then and there praying, I came to the realization with God speaking for me, speaking to me. And it's kind of like, why are you so entitled? You just did all of these things, but you feel as though because you've been good for this short period of time that you're just off the hook, even in the midst of me being punished naturally for all the things that I have been doing, I was still blessed by God. God was still blessing me. Everything that I had, I did not deserve at all. But God gave it to me anyway because he is a gracious God. And in that moment, I was so entitled because I had been acting good for a short period of time because I had been going to church as if this is something that the Lord owed me. So. And, and that's how it is, you know. Sometimes we have to be aware that just because we was good for a short time, we can't still get what we want. But God also give us what we need exactly. at the time we need it. Amen. Man, that was deep. Dang, cause that was deep. Man, that was deep. Hey, so. Let me see. I'm gonna ask you another question, man. It was something that you said, and I want to ask you, man. That was deep. That kind of threw me off. So, I'm gonna ask you this question then: What would you do with extra time? I feel like I'm already. So look, as far as the extra time thing, I've been doing really good lately with my time management, cause. I've been doing real good with it. Um, I guess with extra time, I would just have more time to be able to perfect what I'm already doing. Um, 
as you guys know, like I am a writer, I am an author. Um, I'm also a mother of two. I'm also a finance business student. So it's just like, I'm already doing so much. I really don't know, like more time would be great, but it's not completely necessary because getting all the things that you need to get done is more about discipline than time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I used to be trying to get on my, my time management and in the process of learning about time management, it's not the managing your time, it's the distractions. You got to manage mm-hmm. your distractions be because you can get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and be lost to track of time. Like this, this right here, this right here, I get you all the time. Mm-hmm. That's why what I just saying? put my phone on silent and D and D while we. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, man, I'm talking about every time. So when I wrote my book, I get up at five in the morning and I get straight to it because around five to a whole hour to myself on the book, um, with nobody messing with me at five six in the morning. So that's how I get. I end up writing like three books, you know, during the pandemic. Yeah. So what would you do? No, matter of fact, I'm going to ask you this question then. If $10 million hit your, your cash app accidentally from a church, would you give it back? I ain't going to play with them church people like that. I have to give it back. I wouldn't want to. I don't know. Me and my mama I have to discuss that together. Because the first person I called, and then we should be like, they not even a real church. They not even a real church. We be up on there. We gonna be up on there seeing what they do for the community. Oh, this what they do. So I guess we could do this for the community for them. And then we just go, we just go manage their money. So this what y'all want to do? That's probably what. But we gonna have to strike some type of deal. I'm not gonna completely be like, yeah, you know, y'all can't get nothing. What y'all trying to do so we can invest our ten million dollars into it? Yeah, or or you send them back, or you invest back into that church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or send them back ten percent. (laughs) We'll not tie the church with the church's money. (laughs) On the real. The church, the church's money. Oh, oh. oh man. On the real. Every like, man. All right. So have you been the friend that you are like that you are want as a friend? Yes. And this is why I don't like people. <laughs> I don't see, I have very high expectations when it comes to friendship. I don't really mm-hmm. see my friends as just my friends. Like I see my friends as my family. So it mm. takes a lot for me to befriend people. So I expect so much if I call you a friend. Now, if you're just an associate and I see you from time to time, we probably kick it every now and again. But if I call you my friend, I have very high expectations for you. And yeah, I and also need those. Mm-hmm. And I can believe that I can hear your your dad in my voice, in my head right now saying, if you got a friend, you got a friend forever. My daddy told me I ain't had no friends. He said he was my only friend. 
Oh, oh. Auntie said she going to that place. Who going oh, to that place? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, what you gonna do to church send you ten million, Auntie? <laughs> On the real. Hey, so um what kind of advice you can give to the young ladies that's out here right now? Mm. The 16, 17s. The advice that I would give to them is already as a child and you being of that age, you have to figure out life. You need to focus on whatever your goals are and be consistent with that. It's okay to have fun and go out, but you have to have a balance and it's really not worth it right now trying to get into a relationship. You're too young for a relationship. You need to just be focusing on whatever your goals are. And it's not even just like, oh, I want to go to college. Oh, I have to go to college. I have to get good grades. Yes, focus on those things, but also focus on your passion. What exactly does life mean to you? What are your long-term goals? Who Who are you? What do you Mm. define yourself as? You can't love anybody else until you know exactly who you are. It's, mm. it's more difficult to navigate through this world if you don't know exactly who you are. Um, and I feel like that I struggle for a long time trying to figure out exactly who I am. And sometimes I still ask myself that question. It's just way more mm. important things. But then again, they still not go listen because we didn't listen. Don't listen. You got it. I was hard headed. I didn't like to listen to people's advice and go based off of their experience. I'm going to find out for myself. That that was me. Okay. That was me. okay. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. What is something you had to unlearn? Mm. How to talk to people. I had to mm. unlearn how to talk to people. I I feel as though like I used to always feel like if I'm right, then what I'm saying, you should. I'm right. I know that I'm right. But if you say something in an aggressive way, in an aggressive tone, then why do you expect for another person to meet you with understanding? I had to unlearn how to talk to people. The way that I saw different adults in my life when I was a child speak, I felt as if, oh, since I'm older now, now I have the right to speak that way. That doesn't make people respect you. That doesn't make people want to listen to you. You have to give respect in order to get respect. Communication is very much important. It's only about 10% of what you say and everything with your body language and your tone. Your body language and your tone make up majority of communication. The exact words that you say out your mouth is very small. That's right. That's right. Man, you real smart, man. You're smart, intelligent. Hey, man. I'm going to have to get that one on a clip, man. So uh, tell me about this day right here. That's the day I went on prom. Hold on. on. (laughs) My daddy thought he was slick. I mean, he was whatever. Okay, you can take the picture off. So look, y'all, I went on prom by myself, right? But... Uh, I had got my dress and everything. And I'm like, okay, like, who's going to drive me? Like, I didn't know how to drive. Like, I wasn't going with no friends. I was literally going on prom by myself. So my dad had got one of my cousin's drivers to drive me to prom. 
And I'm just like, this is set up. Y'all want to know what I'm doing. Y'all want to know what I got going on, whatever the case may be. But I was, you know, like around that time, like I ain't really do too much. I actually wish I went, I would have went to this party that happened after prom, but I didn't go because, you know, I didn't drink or smoke at the time. And like all my classmates, they was going to be drinking and smoking. So I went to prom. They took me there. I had a nice time. It was three other girls with the same dress on as me. I was so upset. Um, and then the driver dropped me off at my friend's house. I bought Chinese food for their whole uh, household. And then we stayed in and watched movies. Prom was born. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Prom hey. was born. Man, that's crazy. All right. So um, when was the first time you went out of town by yourself? first time i went out of town by myself uh first time i went out of town by myself i think i was probably 20 okay so social or business um social okay socially i went out of town by myself when i went to atlanta i went to atlanta hold on one second I went to Atlanta in 2019. Yeah, it was like before COVID. It was like 2018 or 2019. And it's crazy that you bring that up because now I'm feeling like you just know all the stories involving my dad or something. So it was actually crazy. So one of my friends, she was being, um, it was this record label that wanted to sign her. So they threw her a single release party. So it was actually really beautiful. Uh, they had like a pool party. It was packed. They had interviewers there. They had paparazzi there. But when we were at our Airbnb, she said one of her um, her cousins or her uncle or something was coming through. So it was these guys who came through. It was probably like four or five of them. They were supposed to like be our drivers and stuff while we were out there. And uh, we were cooking breakfast, so we made breakfast for them. So it was this one guy. I really wish I remember his name, Monty. But he just kept looking at me on the other side of the table. And I'm just like, like, you got something you want to say? Like, what's the issue? Like, you keep staring at me. He like, um, you look just like, you just, you look just like this man. Why he knew my daddy, Monty? I was and in that uh, I was in Atlanta. When I tell you, my, I've never been anywhere where it's somebody who don't know my father. But yes, ever since we was like when we were down there, ever since he recognized me, like they were driving us around anywhere, anyway, like to the shows and stuff. But anywhere else, they was like, oh, well, you ain't got to pay for no Ubers. Y'all got to pay for nothing. All while you down here, like you move daughter. Hey. He was he was that he was that dude. Yes. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. And all my friends was just like. <laughs> hey, hey man. Um I'm I I got another story about him, but it's gonna piggyback off this question I'm gonna ask you. Mm -hmm. How old was you when you first got your first tattoo? I only got one tattoo. Um, I was I was nineteen, almost twenty. Okay, okay. <laughs> you ever see your dad tattoo? You talking about that A? <laughs> that <laughs> <Jim> House A? 
<laughs> but he got a half a hey he said that shit hurt bro <laughs> he said hey i'm cool i'm cool i'm cool hey i got tattoos he'd be looking at me like oh i don't know how you do it he said boy y'all crazy yeah, I only got one tattoo. I only got one tattoo. I want to get some more. That's what's up. Yeah. And, um, hey, I remember I got this little clip, man. I ain't got a clip. I got a picture, man. That, uh, me and your old man was on, on the stage, man. And, man, we had fun that night. <laughs> you see him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had fun that night, man. We we had fun that night. Um, and I think one of his friends at that night, that was the last time we kicked with one of his buddies. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, like when you said, man, we see people come and go, man. It's just so fast. We kind of scared to let our girls out there in the streets, man. We know how it is. So, you know what I'm saying? That's, that was a good dude, man. He's a good father, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. All right. Um, I kind of know this answer, but I'm going to ask you. Are you satisfied with the time you spend with your family? Am I satisfied with it? What you mean? Like, am I currently satisfied with it? Like, currently? Yeah, like, you're like, missing. Like, man, that's cool. um, you know what I'm saying? Or you'd be like, um, I, I missed them. I want to. I mean, yeah, I miss my family. I miss my family. Like, I'm in Chicago, and, you know, my mom is out of state. You know, my other immediate family, you know, who I grew up with is out of state. So, I mean, we all talk on a regular basis. I talk to them on a regular basis, but as far as being in a face, you know, we don't really get that much FaceTime. And it's crazy to say we don't get that much FaceTime. And, um, you know, back in the day, we was growing up, we ain't had these phones where we can, um, did you miss yourself? I don't know. Yeah. I We ain't had these phones that we can FaceTime. So right now we can FaceTime people in China, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I think that, I think that's kind of dope. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what is another question? Oh, who would you like to see on a future fan mission podcast? Hmm. Who would I like to see? It's so many different people. I honestly would like for you to um interview some more Chicago artists. And the reason okay. that I say that is because they have this view of Chicago artists where it's just like drill music, kill music. But I'm from, it's this organization that I used to go to back in the day called YCA Young Chicago Authors. They still do a lot. And a lot of the people who came there and stem from there are so dope. They write positive music and they write, you know, like things that you could get lit to. Like it's, I wanted to change the narrative of what Chicago artists have to offer. Mm. Yeah, that'd be dope. 
So Man, I, I, I can find I'm gonna... over some specific people like who I think you know you should check out and possibly interview, and then you know what they're following that they have as well. Because it's not like that these people don't have a following. A lot of them do. They're just not pushed mainstream when it comes to Chicago, you know, artists that they want to glorify. Man, I, and I sure appreciate that. I love to have an interview with one of them. You know, um, it's crazy. Um, you know, I used to be doing music. And again, you know who your dad was surprised about? Who? Tony. What, his music? Yes, man, I'm telling you. Like, yes, your dad was like, bro, we sitting in the car. We sitting in the car and we just chilling. We had an instrumental on. I'm saying, I'm talking. Tony started spitting some shit. He said, bro, he said, what the fuck? He, he wasn't, he, he didn't know. He was like, bro. And this Tony dude can freestyle. Man. Mm -hmm. And uh, he brought him to the studio. He brought him to my house when I stayed in Minnesota. And um, yeah, we did a couple of songs. And he said, man, he said, bro, I did not know my kids was like this. <laughs> you know, and, um, yeah, he yeah, he said, man, yeah, I missed the thing, man. You know what I'm saying? Told. Yeah. So yeah, man, he's super proud of y'all. Man, y'all doing y'all thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, Hey, but he was, yeah, he, he proud. I know he proud of y'all. Yeah. I'm proud of y'all. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? You. So, Thank man, I, man, because like I said, if things didn't go the way it did, did we wouldn't be right here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? We got to look at everything as a blessing, man. You know what I'm saying? It's a blessing that you was here. And, you know, I appreciate it, man. Let me see. I got a couple more questions. I'm going to, um, is there anybody that you want to send a shout out before we end this thing? We got a couple more minutes though. Shout out to my brothers and my sisters. And thank you for, um, you know, like taking the time to bring up some positive memories and honoring um, my dad. So shout out to Tony, AJ, Antoine, Heaven, Heavenly, Anton, Jerashay. Shout out to all of us, <laughs> to all of them. Yeah. Um, Shout out to my mom. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I really appreciate this. Like, I love the fact of that you consistently keep my father's memory alive. Man, I got to. I got to. I got to. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what, man? I'm going I'm to have to. Um, I don't know if they're going to kick me off live, man. Huh? <laughs> They don't kick me off. I don't know, man. But you know what I'm saying? We got a couple more minutes, so we're going to go ahead and. Come back. I've done a lot of motherfucking work in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Man, you got to be right. This is going to be a lot of work in this city. You're going to be able to focus. Just stand still, me, and die. You know what I'm saying? Man, you can't die out here, man. Everybody, you stand still, you die, man. Everybody, I got to go to Panama, ride the boat. It's 850 books under my coat. So we could come home to feed the folks. So we could come home to feed the folks. Oh, 
So you already know, man. We gonna, man. We gonna, we gonna keep him. We gonna keep him alive, man. You know what I'm saying? Every time we speak of him, and for the last podcast, the last probably seven of them, somebody, somebody brought him up. That's beautiful. I so, love that. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't no negative stuff. It was all positive, and it was all fun. And you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. You know, spending your Spend this hour of power with your boy. Yeah, you know no what I'm saying. And you took the time out your day. You know what I'm saying. Your busy day from the little one. I know you still had the mommy ears on. He was like, "Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." You know what I'm saying. I know how know Playing Power Rangers loud. I don't know if y'all heard. <laughs> I had to send him a yeah, text. Turn it down. <laughs> Yeah, man, because I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, is there anything, anything you want to say before we, you know what I'm saying, go ahead and shut it down a little bit? Um, I appreciate everybody who came on here to support me and Moni. Um, If you like to read, if you like poetry, please follow me on Instagram at LexiMonet underscore bar. And purchase my book, Crescent Core. The link for the book is in the bio on my Instagram, or you could just go on barnesandnobles.com and type in Crescent Core by Lexi Monet. And my name is spelled at the bottom. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, man, I appreciate you again. I appreciate you again. You can go ahead and get back to your mama duties and you stay safe out there, man. And big, big blessings, big blessings, big blessings. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a good one. All right. You too. All right. Yeah, what's up? This your boy, Money G, on the Fan Mission Podcast, man. Happy Friday, man. If y'all missed the live, y'all know what to do, man. Go ahead. Go back and hit subscribe. Hit that like button and share it to a friend and tell a friend to tell to share to a friend. And it's your boy, Monty G, man. And um, I'm out. See y'all next Friday. Peace. We on the mission. Family on the mission. We on the mission. Family on the mission. We on the mission. Family on the mission. We on the mission. Family on the mission.